Nobody gave a shit about when we first came on. Anyone with half a brain, myself included, thought it was destined to fail spectacularly. But you got lucky. All you motherfuckers are gonna pay. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're, we're making a podcast. Please clap. And welcome back to Reefa Demon. I'm your co-host, Griffin. Uh, we are the co-host, Alex, who blindsided Griffin with new music that he had not heard. <laughs> it's so good! Thank you. I love that. It's... <laughs> oh, man. That was, I, was, I didn't know what to expect better than I was expecting. Oh, man. The Nicolas Cage stuff. Classic. I don't think there wasn't any Nicolas Cage in there. Was that Nicolas Cage in the beginning? The beginning. Like, no is one thought that Nick Offerman in the Twenty Two Jump Street Jump Street movie. He's like nobody thought oh. the Jump Street reboot would uh, would See, make it. Oh, I thought out, that was Nick it... Cage talking. No, Nick Nick Offerman. Mm. Okay, well, Nick Offerman's good. I like Ron Swanson. And then I noticed you got some uh, Jay and Silent Bob from Strike Back. Yeah. The yeah. movie poop shoot reviews, right? Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, yeah, guys. One of oh. the one of the, Eng- the English foppy guy from the Halloween remake going, uh, "We're we're we're <gasps> making a podcast." Right. The fop. And then Jeb Bush and Howard Dean <laughs> also making an appearance. <laughs> I heard, I heard the Dean scream and the please clap. That please clap is. Oh man, it's that's a bad clip. It cracks me up. <laughs> it's I don't think I've ever seen a politician spiritually at his lowest point. Like there there's Nixon like going away on the helicopter, but that's like deserved and he's like trying to save face. The Jeb Bush thing is just like kicking a dog when it's already down, you know, like there's that picture of <laughs> I don't remember who it is. It might be Ted Cruz, like at the Donald Trump telethon fundraiser after he had like oh after he like been made to lick his boots a bit. <laughs> or he just looks like no so do you do you remember when Trump was running the first time and they had Ben Carson there and they were doing like the not like the uh the debates and it was just between uh oh man it was Donald Trump and I I don't think it was Ted Cruz. I can't remember who the other front runners were, but it was they they were just kept getting asked questions back and forth. And then uh um what's his name? Uh the the neurosurgeon, the black neurosurgeon yeah, that from that Carson time. Who died from yeah, that Ben Carson. Time. He was like he leaned into the mic and he's like, Hi guys, why doesn't someone ask me a question? Yeah, a lot of a lot of sad moments. <laughs> It's just like, ah, oh, you don't have to ask. Carnival of self-debasement. <laughs> if you have to ask for a question at a debate like that, like, oh, just womp womp. Yep. Oh, fuck, that cracks me up. Um, but yes, very cool intro. Uh, Alex, it's been two weeks, our last episode with the dang old podcast. 
Um, we want to thank them. And that episode is actually blowing up. People love that episode. Mm, okay. Um, I've been active on the Twitter, uh, linking some people to the episode about heat. Because uh, they, you know, for that gets a lot of talk on Twitter occasionally. And every now and then I'll chime in with, hey, if you want to know more or whatever, check out Reboot Debut's episode about heat. Um, I've done that with a few others too. Uh, someone picture, uh, someone posted a picture of uh, The Conjuring, and they're like, man, the Warrens seem like really ingenuous people. I've been reading about them. And I was like, actually, <laughs> Reboot Debut are here to. Oh. So I threw up the Amityville Horror episode we did. Yeah, that's where we. Talked about the the court case one, right? Yeah, I yeah. did Amityville Horror, and you did the Devil in Connecticut case. The right, the Devil made me do it was the movie. Yeah, yeah, a wild fucking book. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Uh, what have you? It's been two weeks. You know, we took a longer paying off. All right. I, right. Uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, we took a two-week thing, um, and anyone who follows uh, Reboot Deboot on Twitter know why, uh, and we'll get into that a little later, but uh, what have you been up to in these, uh, you know, 14 days, man? What have you been going on? Are you uh, watching anything? Are you listening to anything? What are you doing? I mostly watched our stuff. Uh, that's kind of it. I, like, I don't have a lot of extracurricular stuff to bring to the table today. I want to try the Final Fantasy 16 demo later. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing a Pokemon ROM hack. That's my, my gameplay right now. Which, uh, go into detail about that. It is a ROM hack of the Fire Red ROM, but it's a remake of Pokemon Gold called Pokemon Shiny Gold Sigma. Okay. So you can catch any Pokemon from the first three generations in there. Which is like the thing I like. Then you can also get the trade evolutions without having to trade, which is nice. Oh, that is pretty nice. Yeah, because I love me a Gengar and an Alakazam, and you. Of but I don't have friends course. that play, so I can never get them <laughs> legitimately. Um, have you tried the Pokey MMO? Like the Pokey MMOs that were the two ROMs that were designed, like they kind of jailbroke them in an MMO yeah, style I did, game. Like, years back, um, I think with you a little bit actually, but I Maybe. haven't touched that in a while. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I made my like weird old man avatar. That was pretty fun. Oh, finally, you finally did, was right. able to not play a tiny child in a Pokemon game. Right, you did. You made like a Master Roshi type. Yeah, I just took the bald guy. My- right. Mine and I should say Master Oshi in looks only, not in personality or attitude. I just you are not laugh. a. I would go. Eh, 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 eh. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was really getting that's the wrong maybe, way. maybe that's why I associated it with Master Oshi. Um. So uh, yeah, now you said Final Fantasy sixteen, and that's the demo that's been blowing up the, yeah, the, the gaming game space like six days. Something. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone's like getting like losing their mind over it. Uh, all the YouTubers, Asmongold, uh, Moist Critical, or Charlie, uh, they're all about it. Names. Um, you know, uh, they've talked about it. So, are are you a? Do you final the fantasy? I'm a big final. Well, I haven't played like I don't play Final Fantasy online, but I think Final Fantasy Seven is probably my. 
my favorite game, maybe? That or 10. They're both very good. I like 7 a lot. Um, what about 8? Why no love for 8? Uh, I don't know. I've never gone back and replayed that. I played it at the time. Um, doesn't, just doesn't do it for me as much. Is 8 the one with the gunblade and it Squall? Is. Yeah, Squall. Okay. Squall Leon. Now, see, Alicia, oh, now... Um, my, the household I'm at, you know, my, my, my family over here, um, they are gamers to the core. And I actually got to watch Alicia and Josh play through the original Final Fantasy on their Nintendo. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, so I watched them play through Final Fantasy, and then they got like Final Fantasy 2 II and 3. They have all the cartridges. Um, Alicia is a big Final Fantasy fan. It's a whole thing. They love Mario, all that. So it was interesting. And this happened like, I don't know, three or four months ago. Okay. So fairly recently did I see the very first Final Fantasy. Um, and now, you know, 16 and you know, 40 some odd years later, uh, the only Final Fantasy I've ever liked is Tactics. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like the least Which is, Final Fantasy-ish. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, but so you find all the fantasy seven is your jam. I'm a uh, big fan of turn-based JRPGs, mm -hmm, like which mm -hmm. are really hard to find now. Like even I'm gonna try this demo, but the Final Fantasy like combat stuff is after I don't know. I think after like eleven, maybe after thirteen, they kind of just like drop the turn-based. I mean, you can still find turn. Like, what are have you gotten into Persona at all? Is that turn-based too? I haven't played Persona because I'm not Isn't it turn-based? I don't know. I, I'm just not I a huge know. fan of the, like, the life sim parts. Or mm. sort of like, mm -hmm. here's, during the day, here's, like, a list of places you can go and look at a screenshot of. Um, sure. While you hang out. Um, Dragon Quest is still doing, uh, like, very elaborate, kind of older-schooler JRPG stuff. Dragon Quest Eleven is very cool. And it's got the... Uh, okay. Toriyama, the Dragon Ball guy, doing like the art style. I know it's not. I don't think it's him specifically. But it's like the production company or the animation company doing it or something. But okay, those are fun. And they got the weird, inexplicable British accents or like UK accents for everyone. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you let me know how uh, how um, how that goes. Yeah. I am back into my Wild West. Uh, FPS PVE uh, PVP game hunt showdown. I uninstalled because I was tired of getting stuck with cowardice players, but I see that they're releasing a new boss, and uh, I try to get out, and they keep pulling me back. Pulling me back. Software as a service, man. Yeah. But uh, this is not a video game podcast. Alex, why don't you tell our audience, our hearers today, what we're going to be discussing. We're going to be talking about the movie Spawn from... Oh, God, I don't have the dates up. Is that 97? 97. And then the HBO animated series Spawn from, like, 96, I think? 97 to 99. 97 to 99. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex, what's your experience with Spawn? Um, I'd seen the movie. I was sort of like <clears throat> aware of the premise and the character, but I never had any Spawn comics. I just thought he was very cool. 
And I definitely knew some people who had some like spawn action figures that I was jealous of. They look pretty pretty sick. Uh kind of it though. I don't think I realized this show had existed. Eh, parts of it felt familiar when I was watching it again, but I don't know if I ever saw it. Um The John Leguizamo clown really haunted me as a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of my experience with it. What about you? Um, I had seen the movie when it came out. And uh, never had the comics. Um, I think I had one playset of Spawn. And the playset was like Violator in the fireplace. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, right. they it, did, it was like, like elaborate, like big poly pockets for dudes right well that was called mighty max um and i was super into mighty max and mighty max was also a cartoon that i was super into but no this was just like it was almost like a pre-built lego playset, except it wasn't lego like it, it was all in one piece so it was violator in the fireplace and then it had like a movable arm and then there was like a little spawn action figure that came with it. Um, and then it like the HBO series was 97 to 99, which I knew existed, but I never watched it because I didn't have HBO. HBO was a much different <sighs> thing in the nineties for a, for a young kid or the early 2000s <laughs> even. It's like, however, I, I was born in 87, right? Uh-huh. So in 1997, I'm like, you know, 10, uh, like 10, 11, um, yeah, I kind of a see up cartoon for a ten year old to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I bought it. My mom bought it for me because we both thought it was the movie. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I get it because I'd already seen the movie, and mom knew. Yeah, there's nothing too egregious in it. I don't see a problem with my son owning this movie that we've already seen, right? But I bought the cartoon, like season one of the cartoon, not knowing what it was because it didn't say. So. I get home and I put it in, and that first episode, there's like tits and blood and cussing, and I'm like, what? He breaks like, that guy's arm while twisting around to shoot him in the head with it. Is... Yeah, yeah. It, so it was a different animal. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I bought, I had a spawn video game for the PlayStation that sucked, and then I had a spawn video game for the PlayStation 2 that sucked. And uh, I've constantly been let down by this franchise over and over again, and I've never read the comic books. And I know the comic books is where it really shines, um, but I've never read them. Uh, but I've seen interviews with like people in the comic book industry and other superhero creators and stuff talking about Spawn. And everyone was like, if you want the best of Spawn, you just have to look to the books. Mm. You know, you so that, that is... Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, do you want to start with the animation or the movie? I feel like we should start with the movie because it's less meat there, like sure. a lot of less meat. Like it's just bones, basically. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so okay. How, what did you know before seeing any of this? Because now I'm assuming you know more about Spawn than you did. What did? You, what was the premise of Spawn in your mind? Like, what did you know about Spawn, the hero? Or anti-hero. Uh, just the movie setup. There's like mercenary dude who gets 
backstabbed and lit on fire and he goes to hell and then he um gets given creepy superpowers to come back and do stuff. I don't know if I had fully remembered the hell army versus heaven army part of this. Uh mm-hmm. or the Highlander guy. I was like, oh right, I totally forgot about that. Um the like the wizard kind of Cogliostro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that is pretty much it. I don't. So, uh, really quickly, what is the uh, blanket plot of Spawn? How does Al Simmons become Spawn? Like blanket plot. What what happens? Al Simmons is, like I said, kind of like a Blackwater type, like mercenary guy who works for Martin Sheen. Or are they working for a government agency, but they're like way off the rails or something? Is it? I think they're, I, th- I think it's a private military. Yeah, they, I know they have an acronym, which makes it or like government-y. But. Maybe they're like CIA or something. Cause like. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. But yeah, like, I, I think, like I think. Super I, gone rogue at some point or something. I don't yeah, I, I think they're like. I think they're private military inside of the military. Yeah, so Al Simmons, cool, like, badass mercenary guy, killing lots of people sort of indiscriminately for Martin Sheen, President Martin Sheen, before he gets elected. I don't know how this didn't come out. Um, and then one day they go to North Korea to do some subterfuge, and Al Simmons gets betrayed by Martin Sheen, and... God damn it! The gal from the Water Boy, right? Is that her? Um, no. Who? Who plays that woman? Uh, in the Water Boy, isn't it? Uh, the chick who was in the craft. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Um, that same chick. Yeah, but they they go to North Korea and they go to like a bioweapons lab, and Martin Sheen wants to. He's gonna like steal a bunch of bioweapons or like release a bunch of bioweapons. And then also, I think he like wants to frame Al Simmons for it, right? Because he immolates him in this bio. He's like, they betray him and set him on fire in this bioweapons lab. Um, and then, I don't remember if it shows this directly in the movie. He's like, he's on fire, he goes to hell. And he gets offered this deal by Malbolgia that he could, uh, he can go and see his wife again if he just agrees to lead the armies of hell for him. Um, and also he's like on fire the whole time this is happening and not having a great time. So he says, okay. And then he wakes up in an alley with a friendly homeless kid and his face is all melted off. And he's got like a red skull look about him for the rest of the movie. Um, and then he starts doing this mix of like trying to see his family and also enact revenge. And, uh, also talking to, was it Cagli- Cagliaro? Caglios? Caglios. Cogliostro. Cogliostro, the um, like 14th century spawn kind of guy in a in a sweet hat who's gonna like sort of show him the way. And then he's also being taunted by John Leguizamo as the violator. Um, really creepy clown guy. 
and they kind of go back and forth doing bits of that until there is a showdown with Spawn and Malbolgia at the end. And he like blows him up. That's most of it, right? That kind of. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And that's Spawn. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's such a weird decision <laughs> to have him not wear the mask for most of the movie. He only puts it on like right near the very end in like one scene before that. It's and then I mean, otherwise he, you're just he, looking at the burned skin. It's very weird. He equips like okay, so <laughs> there are a few things to like fill in the blank for our audience here. Oh, yeah. Um, so like first off, uh, Al Simmons, as Alex said, uh, he is a Blackwater CIA type, and he is betrayed by his employer at the behest of his employers named Jason Wynn, and at the behest of the clown, who is an agent of Malboja, right. they want Al Simmons to become the new Hell Spawn. So Jason Wynn, and in exchange, Jason Wynn will get money and power and influence through the powers of Hell. Uh, so Jason Wynn sets up, kills Al Simmons, Al Simmons is sent to Hell, and Al Simmons, not knowing any of this, makes a deal with the devil, Malboja, if you lead my army a war against heaven, if you become my new Hellspawn general, I will let you go see Wanda. Wanda is his wife. Al accepts the deal. He is returned to Earth with shattered memories, a very scarred, dead body. And five years later. And five years later. So from here on, Al is wandering the world for, let's say, weeks or months or whatever. And this is... It changes from the movie to the animated series to the comic book. But after Al spends some time in Rat City, which is a dilapidated oh, yeah. part of the right. slums, it's, it's he, nicknamed Rat City. He also doesn't uh, he's remember his previous life at this point. Yes. Which is kind of important. But. Um, he is found by this short, fat, crude clown who is actually a native demon to hell that we find out later is named the Violator, and the Violator looks fucking cool. Um, played by John Leguizamo, who really in the movie he is up. played by John yeah. Leguizamo, and kind of the best part of the movie, honestly. I think so. Yeah, the movie is way campier than I remembered, and the Violator really, really chews up the scenes he's in. <laughs> he does. He does. Um. So Spawn is now now the movie the comic books the animated series it is always asking the question is like what is good what is evil is al simmons an agent of hell can he change his nature even though his first instinct is to kill and be violent like what is the like what is a human soul worth can al simmons change his nature malboja is banking on him becoming a killer as this hell spawn Cogliostro, who was a Hellspawn, revoked the Shroud and has been working for Heaven to prevent this war on the Earth and Heaven for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, and in the comics, it's actually revealed, massive spoilers for the comics, after Spawn kills Malboja, um... Cogliostro betrays Spawn, revealing he is actually Cain, who was the first person to ever go to Hell, and now he takes over Hell, and he gives Spawn back a mortal form. So they're they're invoking some uh, 
a bit of like the Dante's Inferno lore there too. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's some others. And then like Spawn gets his hell armor back and then he gets an angelic form and shit goes on as the comic series goes on. But anyway, um, Spawn is a superhero, you could say. His, he is dead. His corpse is a dead body. So his suit and cape is actually a paranormal parasitic life form known as uh, Letha of the Seventh House of K, better known as, uh, oh, I f- believe she is, it's either 7K Letha or Letha K7, um, or K7 Letha. So it's Letha of the Seventh House of K or K7 Letha. And it is feeding off of the remnants of Al Simmons' spinal fluid and also the necromatic plasma in his body. And then as time goes on, the suit will get stronger, harder, and develop more powers. However, if Spawn uses all of his power, he can experience a second death. So he constantly has to uh, keep in check how much energy he is using because that energy uh, has a a finite limit to it. And eventually when the suit upgrades, he can uh, devour souls and that's how the suit can regain power. This is all, none of this is brought up in the movie or the cartoon as far as I remember. Well, they show it in the movie at the end when he uh, zaps all the other spawns, but it doesn't explain what that is. Yeah. So spawn has superhuman strength, speed, agility, and endurance. He is immortal to an extent. He has accelerated healing and then all of his human training where he's a marksman, an athlete, uh, he's, you know, deadly assassin guy. Uh, the, um, the uh, shroud uh, he is gifted by Malboja. Um, it's definitely the coolest. Allows part. him. Um, yeah, it is. It allows him to uh, to shapeshift or to take the form of other people. It allows him to take uh, like manufacture weapons out of him, uh, spikes, swords, blades, but most famously, two chains. And. It uh, gets all big and billowy and takes up a huge amount of space when he when he like descends down from an elevation. It looks very cool. Yes, <laughs> that's yes. the main part that I notice about it. <laughs> it looks very neat. Um, and he, he has multiple. Uh, there are a series of demonic powers that Spawn possesses throughout. It his doesn't time. Look like his arm turns into a green glowing sword at some point in the. It did. It, it does. Well, no the the green glowing sword is Cogliostro, but Spawn has manufactured axes, spears, uh, things like that out of pure necroplasm. So, uh, yeah, um, the movie does some interesting things with all of this because it doesn't explain any of that. It doesn't explain much of the plot. The plot is kind of rushed. And they throw a lot of like big idea spawn concepts, but then they don't explain any of them. Yeah, this would need. Oh, I don't know. You'd have to have like a whole movie worth of preamble to be like, here's all the background lore. You'd have to have the the animated series. Yeah, and even then, so, the first season they don't get into like a ton of it, right? They kind of like right. They do little drops of it here and there. Now, uh, Alex, I'm going to ask up front, when it comes to Spawn 1997, what did you think of it? Like, a re-watching it? 
I remember really liking the movie as a kid, but rewatching it, the biggest thing that stood out to me was like, man, this is a very campy movie. It's like goofy as shit at points, unintentionally. But uh, and not not always with the clown either. No, yeah, it's like like this. The clip I played out front is like Spawn gets shot a bunch, and then it just makes this weird like fleshy noise, and he goes, "Damn!" After he sees himself heal, it's <laughs> lots of shit like that. It's just like, just like, okay, this is hilarious, but not intentionally, not here, right? Um, yeah, I had a good time. I was like, honestly, it was like worse and better than I remember. I was like, this is not good for the reasons I thought it was. I'm still having fun watching it. Uh, the one thing that definitely gave me like a sense memory flashback is that scene where John Leguizamo is eating the pizza that he finds in the alley with the maggots. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. He was like, Oh God, that's right. This really freaked me out as a kid. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, that scene was real. Does it? Oh, really? They just like, had he some, spat. Yeah. John Leguizamo actually threw up on the second take. Nice. Good for him. <laughs> um, and the so, CGI is like Mortal Kombat <sighs> 2 quality. Yeah. It's really the, 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 the shroud, um, Letha does not look great. Yeah, they uh, don't. It doesn't blend in very well. Like no, no, uh, yeah, especially with how, and they're really showing it off at points, right? Like when he throws the chains out, and then the camera will just like linger out in the middle of nowhere, where the chains pop up, and they snap at the camera a little bit before they whip back in. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> or uh, Mal Bolgia at the end. Popping up, I'm like, well, this just looks kind of goofy. This is <laughs> anytime Malboja pops up, it looks like video. It looks like a cutscene from a PlayStation game. It does, yeah. It looks like a, like an FMV scene or something. Um, um, so okay. Al Simmons has a wife, and everything is good and happy. <coughs> uh, he goes, and the first thing we see is him assassinating a Saudi rebel leader. Like at the top on an airplane, and he yeah, blows up cool a bunch of people. Shoulder-mounted rocket. Yeah, but there are civilians on the tarmac, and he's like, he he does this thing, and he goes back to Jason Wynn in America, who's Martin Sheen, and he's like, I'm out, and Martin Sheen's like, fine. After one last gig, it's a bio weapons manufacturing plant in North Korea. I don't, I don't know if it's just me, but like Martin Sheen is not acting well in this movie i don't it's so no weird. It's no so he's, weird. he's not he, he's no one is acting well except for john Legazama. like michael j white is legit as a martial artist and in this movie i'm like uh, it, they do my boy dirty like he he's so much cooler than this movie makes him out to be yeah michael j white really did not get a lot of time to shine here uh Especially for like how much of an actual badass he is. <laughs> he is. He has he like does MMA and training and stuff and like you can see a ton of videos of him actually being athletic and a good accomplished fighter. And it's weird that none of that translates. Yeah. Yeah. I don't This also is I don't I guess I don't have like a list or like a definitive list, but I read in a few places this is like the first the first black superhero on screen, like on a movie, right? Or like a big movie? Uh, what about Blade? When did that come out? 
Um, I believe either the same year or earlier. Uh, the first Blade movie came out, oh, in 1998, so a year later. Yeah, starts a good trend. Man, a year. Okay, so Spawn 1997 was made for 40 million. It made 87 million, and it came out August 1st, 1997. Damn, that's a lot of CGI budget. Against Blade, which came out August 21st, 1998, which was 45 million and made 131 million cool dark so yeah like the late uh, 90s august 1st to 97 to then august 21st 1998 so yeah so like a full year later blade comes out and it's a much better movie blade is way better <laughs> quite blade frankly. is way better <laughs> yeah i've seen blade recently and i can tell you it the first blade and even blade 2 i'll throw in blade 2 both of those still hold up very well which is yeah, weird because it's like CGI it's almost like Spawn. It's almost like Spawn paved the way for Blade. Like, like Spawn had to crawl so that Blade could walk. You know? Yeah, maybe. I don't. When did Interview with a Vampire come out? I don't. Was there like a late nineties vampire, like mini, mini? Uh, interview kind of thing? was ninety four. I think ninety three, ninety four. Um, but yeah, so. We're seeing Spawn and God, there's a really okay in the movie. This is all one elaborate plot of Malbogia's to overthrow. Yeah, he's doing all kinds of weird backstabbing and shit too. Like he also betrays President Martin. He's not the president of this. Um, He betrays Martin Sheen at some. He convinces Martin Sheen to rig up this this bomb to his pulse so that if he dies all of this like bioweapon gets released all over the planet um and then he wants to like trick spawn into killing him and then killing a bunch of other people and that's gonna like seal the deal right yeah so so the idea is that first off first movement in the plan kill al simmons to recruit him into hell's army at the same time, when the wind blows up the chemical plant with his actual wet worker priest, um, they are going to blow up that chemical plant and release a deadly pathogen across the town. And that'll be used as a focus test on what these diseases can do. Out of that explosion, wind develops this biological weapon he calls Heat 16. At all of this time, Al has been in hell being trained by Malbosia. Now, when Spawn gets brought back on Earth, it is the clown's job to convince Spawn to kill Jason Wynn and take revenge. Jason Wynn, at the same time, is being manipulated to have a pacemaker with a detonation to the Heat 16 bombs that have been placed around the world? Yeah. Somehow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, somehow, Jason Wood is creating a consortium of evil super villains or like rebel groups or whatever, and he will release Seat Sixteen. And the only people who have the antidote are the people who agree with him. And it's even said in the movie that he is creating a consortium that will rival the UN. The plot but of they're this movie bad guys and several of the uh, like the just 
the dialogue lines like rivaling the UN. They're they're gonna start like their own new world order government. It's like an Alex Jones fever dream at points in here. <laughs> the it's... the plots they have like these these bio weapons that are being made by the elites to kill anyone who doesn't agree with them. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, they want the and UN, like but better and stronger. <laughs> there are times too when like they'll be like twenty to thirty minutes of the movie happening, and they will cut to the clown. Who then just does like a two minute thing of like, ah, oh, it's so good. I tricked Wynn into getting the pacemaker. Now Spawn will kill him and release yeah, it. And then it's part... like, and back to the movie. <laughs> that, like... that specific part is like, why is this exposition? I mean, I'm glad it happened because I was kind of confused, honestly, but this exposition is not the not the smoothest. <laughs> yeah, and like there are two or three times when they have that conversation where the clown is like, in case our movie is too complicated for you to follow, let me level it out for you and make it simple. That's a good sign. Like when you're in the writing room, you're like, guys, we need to. People are getting confused in the test screenings. We need to do something. <laughs> Which we don't need an exposition from the clown. We need a more competent movie, right? Yeah, I don't um, man. Yeah, something. Because it's it's not done like a cool like the plot of uh, Spawn is not a hard movie to follow. Everything is there. It's just badly written and constrict uh, constructed. And so the idea is that I, they also they made this sort of bizarre decision that they don't do in the cartoon, and I haven't read the comics, but I'm assuming they don't do it as much there either. But like he, every time we see Spawn, except for a couple of scenes, he's always got his mask off. He's like. So we're always just looking at a tomato red burn victim face. Sure. Which is also not my favorite. Like the Spawn character design is super cool. I don't know why I'm just looking at a burnt up guy in kind of a generic body suit all the time. Yeah, they could have made Spawn look better. Um, Because if you look in the comic book and the, the covers and the way Spawn looks... Even without his armor, it all still looks more. Uh, it just looks better, and maybe yeah. that's because it's it's easier to do in a comic book, like to draw it as opposed to a film where you have to design it. Um, they could have done. I don't know because like the Spawn suit, you have like mostly black with like the really sort of bright white V shape in it, and they kind of like so they could do cool interplay with like shadows or whatever. Where he's like mostly shrouded in darkness, except for the like the white accents um and this one they just kind of like they made the white and the green eyes yeah and the green eyes and this one the green eyes are like not present most of the time because he's never wearing the mask um and then also like the white stripes have been like they're dirtier and more narrow and harder to see all the time he just kind of looks like he's wearing a a goofy bodysuit yeah yeah it's uh (sighs) it's upsetting honestly um so Jason Wynn has this pacemaker set up and when Spawn kills Jason Wynn, it will set off the heat 16 bombs that will plunge the world into this disease ridden apocalypse. And then Jason Wynn will become a hell spawn and he will become stronger than spawn under Malbosia. That is the, that is the plan of the movie. And a little bit of the comic book because they want Spawn to kill Jason Wynn so that Jason Wynn be- can become a, a Hell Spawn even stronger than Spawn. Um, 
really roundabout way to get there to, to like that. That's a bad. The devil is not like Malboja is not the greatest mastermind if that is his plan. I feel like there are easier ways. It does seem very convoluted and much like an Alex Jones conspiracy theory, not super well thought out <laughs> and with weird sort of like self-refuting implications. I feel like. Um, and the stuff yeah, about I, I the, keep... the moral contracts is in there too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the devil has to tell you this is the deal. And then you have <laughs> Yeah, the, the devil must have a contract. <laughs> um, now, the movie came out, and I, you know, I can tell you, uh, 40 to 45 million, 87.9 on the box office. Uh, Michael J. White has gone on to say, there's no footage of me ever saying that I liked Spawn. I have never said I thought it was a good movie. Damn. Okay. And that's from the dude who played him. Man. Like, man, I wonder if like the production of it was unpleasant or something too. Yeah. Uh, well, originally for the movie, uh, Michael J. White signed on initially saying that um, he thought Spawn was the most tragic character I've ever encountered in any cinematic production. Okay. It was how do you make an audience sympathize with a government assassin? who has mindlessly killed innocents, civilians, targets, using whatever method of people. And in the comic book, or in the animated series, he's in Vietnam doing that shit. Yeah, a little bit of a different path. Which is like, yeah, right? That, that, like, you can't, it's hard to be sympathetic towards that character. Um, so Spawn was initially greenlit with a $20 million budget, because of the visual effects, New Line upped it to forty million. Damn. Okay. Uh, the visual effect. Th this is something. The visual effect shot count increased from seventy-seven to four hundred, and it was created by two by over twenty-two companies in the United States, Canada, and Japan, requiring seventy people and nearly eleven months to complete. That's crazy. I mean, there is a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of late 90s CGI in it, but damn. Which is crazy to think about what you could do now. Like, consider the Avengers, right? Yeah. Well... Like, consider the Avengers CGI now, or like Endgame, or Avatar. Consider that CGI compared to Spawn, and then think about the budgets. I just want to point, like, this is... What's really crazy is that like Jurassic Park came out in 1993, and that's using sure. like, CGI and practical models in a like seamlessly blended way. Four years earlier, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's interesting you say that, Alex, because uh, Industrial Light and Magic did most of the work. Yeah, no, I know it's like one of their earliest projects, right? They created 85 <clears throat> shots at the cost of 8.5 million dollars. Oh wait, the most difficult ILM did for Spawn. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, buddy. I was like, oh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I know Jurassic Park. Come on. <laughs> the most difficult sequences to render in the film included the violator, yeah. Spawn's digital cape, and some of Spawn's transformations. Visual effects supervisor Spaz Williams. Spaz, <laughs> the dog Spaz. Yeah. You see what they did there? Oh, With his previous experience okay. of creating the T-Rex in Jurassic Park was responsible for realizing the reptilian-like violator. How the fuck does the T-Rex look so much better than... I don't know. The violator does look like a Diablo 1 cutscene. It does. 
It does. Like, it, and honestly, I, I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> Violator still looks cool. Violator is a cool character. Violator is cool, yeah. Or I'm thinking like the Malbosia thing at the end, where it's like all big and fiery. That's rough. Yeah, that is rough. That's that's well, that's Malbosia. Malbosia and Violator are different. Violator is cool. Malbosia does look like a Diablo. I was thinking that I'm like, man, this looks like Diablo on PlayStation. I say Malbosia when I said Violator. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, it's the CGI just looks so strange. And anytime they show Letha. it's not good like that. It's a really. It, it, anytime they show like the cape sprawling and it looks bad. It just looks really bad. We're still not at the point yet. At this point in history, you can't do <laughs> that much CGI and have it look good <laughs> in the movie. It's so jarring. Like, because in a lot of them, you can tell the CGI is, like, not part of the scene, right? It looks like it's, like, almost, like, placed over top of stuff. It's, like, definitely not interplaying with things in a way that makes it seem like it was there originally. Right. Um, yeah, it's, uh... Okay, so... <laughs> Spawn comes back, and he realizes it's five years later. He is being tormented by the clown, and he is going to kill Jason Wynn. And now he finds out that Wanda has remarried his best friend Terry and given him given Wanda a daughter named Cyan. Spawn is a man without a home. And in the the animated series, they talk about this way more, which is like a hell spawn comes back and they have to make a choice. The spawn the warrior will try to recover their life. They will try to seek out others like them. They will try to search for meaning. There's a real like conversation of like searching and longing and despair and anger that these hell spawn go through that the movie just cuts out. It's cutting out the entire soul of the movie. They replace it with like 30 seconds of a Cagliostro narration. Right. Um so and, and the movie also seems like a bunch of vignettes because of how like of how chopped together everything happens. Like, and for some fucking, reason... The scene transitions where the fucking screen just, oh like, burns. A burn wiper. I don't know. That sounds bad, but... No, no, no. <laughs> they do a burn wiper, and then they do, like, a cape sweep. Yeah, they'll do both. <laughs> I can't... <clears throat> I gotta pin this down, but I don't remember. I don't know when, but... Like scene transitions like that definitely date a movie, unless it's Star Wars, which is like the only modern thing that still uses them. And they use sure. them across all the properties because it's like a staple like, of those. Right. <laughs> it's weird thing yes. in a regular movie. Um so uh, like part one is the betrayal of Al. Part two is like Al coming back, and then at some point. Spawn sees Wanda and Cyan at like Cyan's birthday because he tries to go home, and then yeah. the clown is there, and the clown takes him back, and he's like, "Hey, here's the deal: you gotta kill Win." And then it's for some reason they're all going to Wanda's house for like the final showdown because Terry, who also works for Jason Win, is starting to do his own investigation to expose Win, but he doesn't know that at first. Because he knows he's lying about the public relations <laughs> the of this whistleblower plot is so like bad and ham-fisted. It's, yeah, the, the and actors and, are not good in this. They don't sell anything. <laughs> uh, again, to our audience, our hearers, if you guys are just like 
kind of blase right now and you're like what how did they get to why is this that's how it feels watching this movie it's a bumpy ride and also like yeah and the acting is bad sort of across the board it's very disconjointed so like we all go to wanda's house because that's where win is going to secure his assault on spawn to make spawn make the choice and to where spawn will kill win and uh, it goes through and Spawn decides not to kill Wynn. He just takes out Wynn's pacemaker and then clowns like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you now. And then they go to hell and Cogliostro has followed them and he does the like the Arnold action hero line where you do a thing and then you make a pun about the thing you did. Because he cuts, Cogliostro cuts the clown's arm and he goes, mind if I cut in? <laughs> which is really bad. So they all go to hell and they fight Violator and then they come back to Earth and then everyone's like, Spawn! And uh, there's like a kid in the alley who's kind of friends with Spawn and then Cogliostro and the kid are looking up and Spawn is like doing the Batman brooding pose with uh, K7. Um, Yeah, yeah. and like (laughs) K7 Letha is just billowing as large as she can be. And... um, for now, the forces of hell have been repelled. Um, there is a Spawn character cameo in the movie, but they give her as much screen time as they give her in the animated series, and that is Angela. Angela is a warrior of heaven who is sent to kill the hell spawn, and you see her in the first season of the Spawn animated series, then you never see her again, and she appears at a dinner party in the movie of Spawn. She is an all-green, and she has Spawn face earrings. Mm, okay. Um, that is Angela. And fun fact, Angela and Cogliostro are both creations of Neil Gaiman. And they actually got into a lawsuit with Todd McFarlane over the, uh, Todd McFarlane over this because Todd McFarlane tried to reduce the payments in royalties and then eventually claiming he wrote them all. And then Neil Gaiman had to take them to court and it was this whole ugly lawsuit. I was, <clears throat> we could talk about it more for the cartoon bit, but I was very surprised seeing Todd McFarlane and hearing him talk. <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. Uh, he also has a cameo in the movie as a homeless bum. Oh, cool. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so that is 1997 Spawn. And <sighs> now let's get to the, okay. So now we're going to jump from 97 to 99 when HBO was doing Todd McFarlane's Wait. Spawn. We're jumping from 97 series. to 97, I thought, because it started. Right? Right, yeah. yeah, it's 97 to 97, but it's 97 to 99 because it's, oh, that's okay. how long the, the animated series ran for. So, uh, Alex, what did you think of the animated series of Spawn? What did, what did you watch first, the movie or the animated series? I watched the first season of the animated series and then a few more. I didn't get through the whole thing, but I... I watched the animated series first before going back to Spawn, and it fucking rocked. It was cool. Cool as shit. Like a badass like noir thriller plus demons and hyper-violence. It was great. Fucking... Did, now, now, did you think that all the way through? Like, all three series? Well, I didn't get to all of the seasons. So I most of the, I got the first one, and then I think a little bit of two. But what? Do you feel like they drop off? Because the first season I thought um, was awesome. 
Uh, I like, don't feel like it drops off. I don't feel. I don't feel like it grows though. Do they? I do will they say stick to like sort of like the street crime stuff in it. Well, the street that they do, and uh, the stuff with Twitch and Sam is actually super engaging for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot more like room to play with cool plots and stuff. The one, like the sort of main arc of the first one, where there's that politician that is trying to conceal his like sex predator is he a relative of his this guy it is his okay so there is a senator in in the first season of the cartoon there is a senator who uh jason wynn is covering helping cover for Uh, the senator has a bastard son named billy kincaid who is a child murderer right yeah child and he is also in the comic books yeah, yeah, okay. He's also, he's like, he's not, not just murdering them also. It's like, I'm like, oh, this is definitely the Oz era of HBO. They're talking about, like, right. child assault and murder. Um, yes. And then there's, like, this also, this other thing going on with, like, whistleblowing and Washington Post reporters being murdered, <laughs> right, by the mob and stuff. Yes. Uh, but the mob is being hired by Wynn to sort of do dirty work for him, right? Is that the... Right. Yeah. It, it is... They... Someone found a leak in uh, that Wynn is sending missiles to enemies of countries, and then he's also selling missiles to the enemies of those enemies, starting wars, profiting off both sides. And they start trying to do an investigation, and anytime they get close, they get killed by the mafia. Right. And Wynn is kind of or- orchestrating that. So Spawn is brought back, and he wants to see Wanda. Um, but this time they deal way more with Spawn's humanity. Yeah, and they do it slowly in a way that feels good, where he's like coming to terms with it, or like in like sort of current day, and then a few flashbacks of him like showing him coming to terms with stuff. They do the scene where he goes to his own grave, but it's way better right? instead of like way better. Yeah. <laughs> Much better. And, and uh, uh, him sort of coming to terms with his like former best friend from when he was alive, now being married to his ex-wife. Um, and him making peace with, like, eh, okay, she's better off. Um, now, the I... I like John Leguizamo. I like his movies. I like him as the clown violator. That being said, the clown slash violator in the cartoon, way fucking cooler. Dude, also Keith David is such a good Spawn. Yeah! Keith David is the voice of Spawn. And let me just say, what a fucking good choice. He's got fucking gravitas for days. I know! He's so good! Yeah, he's really he good. Is, I was blown away by it. I saw, as soon as I saw Keith David, I was like, oh, this is going to fucking rock. And then as soon as he starts talking, I was like, yeah, this fucking rocks. He sells yeah. the like the intimidating thing so well. He, uh, Keith David is so cool anyway, but hearing him as Spawn, it's like, see, I've been let down by Spawn a bunch in like the movie and the video games and... But that first season of the animated series is like, yes, this is how fucking cool this should be. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is how cool this should be. Um, so it's kind of a shame you didn't watch the third season, because even though it doesn't grow, 
it really gets invested in the Sam and Twitch stuff. Hmm. Okay. Like, so there are two cops who are trying to uh, police these murders that keep happening in the alley, whether it's the journalists getting killed, whether it's a mob cyborg assassin named Overkill. Oh, right. Uh, Overkill. <laughs> yeah. There are a bunch of these murders happening that are in one way or another related to Spawn. And at some point, there's a there's a big, uh, there's a large kind of uh, burly um, uh, robust cop called Sam. And then he has his counterpart partner, his thin, uh, quiet, but ingenious partner Twitch. And at some point, they're a very cool mm -hmm. pair. And the art style on both of them is fantastic. Awesome. Design is so good. They actually have their own spinoff comic series. Oh, nice. A little buddy cop. Um, yeah. Yeah. But set in the same universe. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so Twitch starts to kind of figure out about Al Simmons and the cloak and he gets close to win, but the head of the police department is, is working for win. And that guy shoots Twitch like in the head, but it doesn't kill Twitch. It just gives Twitch temporary bouts of amnesia. Interesting. Okay. And it end, it ends the last episode ends with of the third season ends with Sam and Twitch finding out it's their chief and then they make the chief commit suicide on a train. Man, such a cool pair. Okay, I definitely I am going like, to go back you, and you, you get the rest watch of it cuz it's very cool. Um It's yeah. very cool. Um so yeah, like Sam and Twitch are awesome. There are some other stuff there, like Agents of he- uh, Heaven get called in to kill the Hell Spawn, and it tackles with the issue. Like Spawn says, like what kind of heaven sends murderers and assassins? And Cogliostro is there, and there are some other forces who are sitting on the sidelines or things like this. And they're like, you know, the the this is war. This has always been war. There is a war for the souls of humanity, and heaven is trying to keep hell at bay, but Malboja wants to take over everything. And it's up to you, Hellspawn, to make the choice. Uh, Like, are you going to reclaim your humanity? Are you going to redeem what parts you have left? Or are you really going to just be the mindless killer that Malboja believes you to be? Like, the man who you are in life is not who you continue to be. You can change. And it's this great dichotomy of human nature versus uh, eternal damnation. And what is the price of a man? What is the price of a soul? And, And you know, do you renege on them? Because Todd McFarland will outline them before every episode. He will. (laughs) Now, you said you were surprised at seeing and hearing Todd McFarland. Had you ever seen Todd McFarland before this? I don't think so. I was just. I guess this is maybe it's a '90s thing, but I was like, "Why is he? He's dressed like a stand-up comic, like from the." <laughs> <era>. <laughs> um, and I was surprised by his voice and way of speaking. And I was like, this is. <laughs> said, Hi, I'm Todd McFarlane, and I created Spawn. Yeah, and then I'm like, I don't know when he's talking about like Spawn, kind of a dummy. He got played. You never take that deal. He talks. I don't. He talks like it, uh, it, he talks it, like it, someone imitating a hustler, but not very well. It almost uh, downplays it, though, too, a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It um, kind of cheapens it. 
Have, yeah, having him... The intros are very weird and don't match the tone of the show. <laughs> no, not at all. But I and, uh, the setup is always him huddled over a desk with his back to the camera and then standing up and turning around and walking towards us to say stuff. <laughs> and he's always in like some weird church or like mausoleum or yeah, like... with no lights. Like He's just in here drawing <laughs> and then the camera happened to stop by. He he does that walk that uh, uh yeah like it, it could be one of those like welcome to tonight's episode we're going you know like a yeah, Dateline or like a Rod Serling thing or something or like a Crip yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah hi I'm Tom McFarlane what would you do if you die oh god and yeah, then you hear a crazy. voice reach out in the darkness you know what would you really... make that deal Fucking Al Simmons it's, did it's like the Ripley's believe it or not. Uh, lead-ins, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or that factor fiction. Oh yeah, that's show what I was that thinking. Was the factor fiction with the dude from uh, TNG. Yeah, yeah. Riker. I, yeah, with Riker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It is. It was funny. I don't know. It's so weird. Uh, but <laughs> then you got into the really cool dark gritty detective thing where spawn is like breaking people's arms as he forces them to shoot themselves in the head now yeah and like so and then this one it's spawn is being groomed from the start and so when was gonna have spawn killed anyway like he was gonna have al simmons killed anyway uh because he knew that al would be trouble so he has this guy named chapel set up as Spawn's, like, partner and friend. And eventually, Chapel will betray him in uh, Cambodia by burning him alive. Mm. Um, and Chapel is replaced in the movie by a woman named Priest who tries to kick Spawn, but Spawn has a little groin guard oh. that sinks its teeth into the fangs of Priest. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, they're they're two tonally different things. Like the animation is super dark, super gritty, and it's almost too dark, not in content, but in visual, because you never see Spawn fully. It's always his a little bit of his arm, always his eyes, and then parts of Letha. You never see like you rarely see his body, and you never fucking see his face. And then occasionally you will see his face without the mask, like without Letha covering it. But it works pretty well, and then we cut between that and scenes like inside lit like police stations or houses where like the humans are conversing. I really right. like the way they do like spawn in the shadows all the time because like one of his like whole deals, um, and it really does not translate to the movie. The movie just like the whole thing looks kind of like dark and hard to see, but not in a cool way. <laughs> um, or at least the scenes with Spawn do anyway. Other scenes are, like, lit kind of too much and oddly in a way where you can tell that everything is, like, sci-fi channel props. Um, right. The the bio lab warehouse springs to mind. It's like, we're like, oh. Sure, yeah. Set. Um, but the cartoon, the aesthetics of the cartoon are so good. It, like, and, and the first season is awesome. And then you realize that, oh, it's never going to get any cooler than the first season, which that's not a problem, but at some point it also blends together. And because it keeps that constant dark aesthetic, 
and it keeps that constant pace, the entire series sadly kind of blends together like one long droning thing. Yeah, I wonder if they like didn't want to get into like the hell lore or something because there's like other like demon characters that could show up, right? I think the guy when I was saying green the- arm blade, there's this guy curse that I just looked up. I think that was him, maybe. Um, who's like another spawn looking dude who shows up. Yeah, and there are other agents that like Jade gets sent in, Angela gets sent in, but she's only there for like one minute. Um she's only brought in to be like, I'm the one who kills the hell spawns. And then she never gets seen again. Mm. Okay. Uh, Cogli- Cogliostro is there, but they they definitely talk about it, and they only show Violator a handful of times, which is a shame, because when that first transformation of the clown into Violator happens, and he's there, and he's, like, cussing at Spawn, because before that, the clown's just, like, being kind of crude and dirty, but when he turns into Violator, he's like, all right, you fucking ingrate. Like, you have no idea who I am. I'm a native of hell. I'm something a thousand times stronger and twisted than you can even hope to imagine. And if you think that it starts with me, you have no idea. And, like, it's he's talking to him telepathically, and his voice is low and raspy, and it's so fucking cool. It's like, the Violator is worrying in that moment. Just that first transformation. It's so cool. Um, but really, I think Sam and Twitch are the stars of the show in the late, like the season two and three, because Sam and Twitch are just awesome. They're the like. They're also. I mean, in the first season two, they're sort of. I don't even want to. They're say there. Their B plot. Their like parallel plot is well, like yeah. unraveling this mystery is very cool. Uh, I, I would definitely check out this just to watch the Sam and Twitch plot, honestly, because it's some of the coolest animation some of the most stylistic animation and honestly one of the better cop buddy dynamics i've ever seen the really it kind of reminded me of uh the like the 90s batman cartoon like animation style sure like more detailed and then also with like blood and spawn has no qualms about killing anyone none which and and then that's the thing too like cogliostra is like dude the more you kill you're playing into Malboja, like you're sending these souls to hell. You need to pick and choose your battles, literally. Yeah, they they like, do a not- bit of that in the movie, but it's pretty ham fisted. The response, like someone's still like, "Spawn, you can't kill Martin Sheen. Everyone on the planet will die." And the spawn's just like, "I got nothing left to lose." Like that's not really what right. we're talking about here, bud. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so wild that like the HBO animation would exist. And then, okay, the first season of the animation came out May 16th, 1997. Mm-hmm. Okay. The movie would come out August. So there's a, there, it's reasonable to believe that these things were being developed roughly around the same time, yeah, right? Like they maybe. came out kind of close. So it means that they could have gone to the comic cells and been like okay. this. And also Tom McFarlane had a hand in both of them. Honestly, so it depends on it, it depends on how they're being made though, because like a lot of animation is made like the same way that like network TV shows are, where they're like writing scripts and animating them in like or in order throughout the season. I don't know if it would work even, that way on HBO, but but even the, the look, I'm oh, saying like they, at some point yeah. the movie could have been like, hang on, what's well, this? What what's the animation doing? Like I darker. Mean, the movie okay, like they could have. The, the movie could have looked at the comics too, which it seems like sure. they did. And we're like, nah, I'm good. This is. 
Because like the the cartoon, the animated series art style is not like that far off from the comic. Um, as far as I can tell, I haven't looked at a ton of the comics. But yeah, I, it's. Th- uh... I think they just went. I think they saw that and went. No, we're gonna do our own thing here. We're gonna make it. Which to the detriment, right? Like, yeah, I would put it up there with like. Oh, I never watched. Oh, fuck. Who's the sort of anti-hero Marvel superhero skull with the with the Ghost uh, Rider? Ghost Rider, yeah. Uh the movies are very bad. <laughs> I ended up there with like that flaming head level of bad They're Nicolas like, Cage. Yeah, no, I know that. I know, man, I gotta okay. I should go watch those maybe. Um No, you shouldn't. <laughs> but they yeah, I don't know. They just the the choices they made about like, Spawn in the movie, not so good. About the character Spawn. They could have done, like, just... Yeah, they cut out core characters. They cut out core themes. They cut, like... There's no Overkill. There's no Angela. There's no Billy Kincaid, who is a mass... Like, Billy Kincaid... When Spawn kills him in the comics, Billy Kincaid ends up becoming a hell Spawn, and Spawn has to kill him again. Damn. Yeah. Like, they, there's none of that. And maybe they thought, like, okay, we want an R-rated movie. We don't want, like, a no-rated or an X-rating. Because that would have been way too dark to do in a movie. But I think, like, just I don't, push it. Like, because look at Blade. Blades are, and Blade's awesome. I don't think good scripts make your movie get rated higher, though, is the thing. I think they could just <laughs> have written a better movie and still been an R-rated thing. Sure. Or, or maybe not. I don't know. Honestly, the... I like I, I say I was like kind of dumbfounded by how how much of a B movie this feels like and kind of is I guess I don't know it does but like why is it Martin does. Sheen there that part is so confusing to I, me <laughs> I was I like don't you don't know why you are very famous sir why are you here <laughs> no you are very famous you are not an action actor either yeah well he doesn't do a lot of action in this he just like schemes out but, loud and right, he's like but a like, fucking Disney villain. <laughs> It's out of place. Yeah, no, like, it's very, very, I like like yeah. I like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. I love Apocalypse Now, and he's amazing in that. But it's also a different vibe. Yeah, and but also he brings none of that energy. Here. I mean, I'm not saying no. the same character, but like I don't think he was like you know doing the equivalent of spending three days in a hotel doing a bunch of drugs to prep for it to really get sure. in space. <laughs> I don't know how you would method act a comically evil uh, just chemical like weapons Prince. dealer. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. Just, yeah, just you know, shad- shadow shadow week, him right? for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so you laugh when you see children in hospital beds that you put there. Gotcha. Like, Thanks, Eric. Fucking Martin Sheen is so over the top. That's why it's like also more camp there. He's so like goofy evil. It's very funny. Yeah, the the movie does not do the comic book or the animated series justice. I've never read the comics, but based off of the animated series in all three seasons, I can only imagine the comic is way more intense and has way more, t- obviously, way more time to like delve into these manners of the soul and like, heaven and hell and the weight of a man and violence and the, and the actual, criminals. And, like arcs are way better in the animated series, at least. Like the the stakes of like. I don't know, having Spawn do like his vigilante work and then having the detective stuff happen parallel to that. And then also having the threat be like this child rapist murderer. Uh out yeah. there. Who who is like the bastard son of a senator. 
Yeah, so there's like political intrigue and stuff happening too. It's a really like coolly put together noir storyline. Uh, yeah, it is. And they could have chosen any of those little arcs for the movie, and they didn't. Man, a thought I had while watching the animated series, and then after seeing the movie, I was like, this is what we talked about for Doom. They could have done a Spawn kind of like animated series for Doom, and I think sure. it worked super well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we said that um, at the time, and I think this is a good example of what they could have done. Now, the reason why I say Spawn has always let me down is because the movie was bad. The video games have always been kind of clunky or bad, or they kind of missed the point. Before comic or movie video games even had any chance of being good. But, and and this is taken from Wikipedia. Alex, do you mind if I take you down a rabbit hole that I know is going to blow your mind? Sure, okay. Okay. A sequel... Tentatively titled Spawn 2 has been in development hell since 1998. Oh, no. Producer Don Murphy maintained that this was part of the project in 2001. McFarlane stated the film would have centered primarily on the detectives Sam and Twitch. Oh, okay. With, with, with Spawn as a background character. That was in 2001, okay? Mm-hmm. In 2007, McFarlane Funding announced development of a new feature adaptation titled Spawn for release in 2008. During an interview on the Scott Farrell show on Sirius Radio, Todd McFarlane stated, It's coming out no matter what. Even if I have to produce, direct, and finance it myself, it's coming out. McFarlane announced on August 23, 2009... (laughs) that he'd begun writing the screenplay for a new movie based on the character, saying the story has been in my head for seven or eight years. <laughs> the movie idea is neither a recap or a continuation. It's a standalone that will be R-rated, creepy, and scary, and that this tone of the Spawn movie will be for a more audience, uh, for an older audience, like The Departed. Jesus Christ. Michael- <laughs> you can't call a shot like that. <laughs> Michael J. White said in 2011 that he was considered interested in returning in the role of Spawn, expressing his support for the film. In July 2013, Jamie Foxx said he was aggressively pursuing the Spawn reboot. In August 2013, McFarlane discussed his progress with the script, stating the film would be more of a horror and a thriller movie and not a superhero one. In 2016... Okay, remember in 2007 when he said the movie was coming out no matter what, even if he asked it? We're in 2013. We're in 2016 now, Alex. Yeah. Yep. McFarlane announced he had completed the film's script. In 2017, Blumhouse Productions confirmed their involvement with the film Ooh. while announcing that Todd McFarlane had signed on to direct. Goddamn. The movie was expected to begin production in February 2018. In May 2018, it was announced that Jamie Foxx would portray the character. In July 2018, it was reported that Jeremy Renner would be starring alongside Foxx's Detective Twitch. (laughs) On October 25th, 2018, the film start was delayed due to, uh, to June 2019. The film ended up missing its start date in November 2019 due to the reinstated development uh, and financial success of the R-rated comic book film Joker. 
In December 2019, McFarlane hired an additional writer to help polish the script before presenting it to a major Hollywood studio. In March 2020, McFarlane stated that Spawn will go into production sometime in 2020 with the intent for him to direct and Jamie Foxx still attached to the role. In May 2020, producer Jason Blum stated that there's been an enormous amount of activity of Spawn, but suffice to say, it's a very active development. In August 2021, it's revealed the Broken City screenwriter Brian Tucker had been rehired to rewrite McFarlane's screenplay. And in October 2022, Scott Silver and Malcolm Spellman and Matthew Mixon had been rehired to rewrite that screenplay. <laughs> quite, the, uh, <laughs> quite the timeline. Here's the thing from March of 2023. <laughs> Todd McFarlane teases more A-listers joining Jamie Foxx in long gestating Spawn reboot. <laughs> this article also says that now Todd has softened on the idea of directing it, and they it just sounds like they don't have a director. He's not going to direct right. it. They want to get one. They don't know who. They said <laughs> McFarlane is basically saying, yeah, we need a good director. <laughs> like, almost a... Almost, they have this subheadline: a more experienced director will helm the new spawn. I was like, oh, maybe the name is here. Um, uh, but the, Mick Farland went on to explain that an established director would be most like would be most likely be sought by any interested studio. <laughs> okay, a decision he, admits he fully understands. So they don't have a director, but it sounds like they said, "Todd, no, literally no one, <laughs> no one to replace you, but you can't do this." So that's the uh what if the movie... it's coming out no matter what, even if I produce it. It's 2023 now, man. And they like... don't have a director. This is from March of this year. <laughs> <laughs> like I really I mean, how bad is that? comes out in like 2050. I hope it starts with a Todd <laughs> McFarlane drawing in a cathedral and then walking up to the screen. That'd be <laughs> Like, I mean, th- like, we know projects that have been in development hell, but that that really is a development hell cycle, right? Yeah, it's impressive. Since 1990. <laughs> like. And then to make a shot, like, comparing it to The Departed, and then trying to be like, well, the Joker did well. Like, you need to take two steps back. Big difference is both of those movies came out. That's how they did well. That's like right. step one to doing it, yeah. That's very funny. I mean, but that's a crazy timeline. And like... Yeah, and I I don't know. I mean, I know it always bodes well for video games when it happens. So So this is where we're at with Spawn. Like the comic book... In in 2021, McFarlane started a new run of Spawn comics. Three arcs plus a one-off special. And those books sold very well. Um, The... The animated series sold uh, sold very well. Like it, it's you know it was loved and respected. People think it was great. Um, it was released on a four disc tenth anniversary edition in two thousand seven. Uh, it, it's widely regarded as one of like the coolest HBO original animations. Um, Interesting thing about the 1997 movie, though, the soundtrack 
to oh. spawn the album. Spawn the album yeah. at the time featured popular rock and metal groups: Metallica, Corn, Slayer, Marilyn Manson, Stabbing Westward, Filter, Soul Coughing, Silverchair. And it was created by this dude, or this by Happy Walters. Now, Happy Walters did the soundtrack for a movie that I actually really enjoy uh, called Judgment Night. And that has Jeremy Piven, Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Dennis Leary in it. Oh, damn. And that soundtrack mixes hip-hop and rock. And it's almost like a... Like, they have um, Sir Mix-A-Lot with Mud Honey. Oh, interesting. They have all of these... uh, I have the soundtrack in, in like upstairs, but yeah, it's all of these like metal and rap artists and they're making new tracks together. It's a really cool soundtrack. This guy also did the soundtrack for blade two. And he, yeah, like this company, happy Walters or whatever. um, It's a very interesting thing because both all three of those soundtracks sold relatively well. And when I say relatively well, I mean that the album debuted at number seven on the U.S. Billboard 200 and stayed on the chart for 25 weeks. Damn. Okay. For a soundtrack to a movie. Yeah, it's like a. That's pretty good, right? Director makes for you personally. The album is certified gold, selling over 500,000 copies in America. I will say that watching the movie when Long Heart Road Out of Hell came on, it was a little jarring because it was like, oh, it's Marilyn Manson. I was like, oh, I don't. It's like, right. I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, some of the artists do not age well, right? I don't like airbrushing history, but maybe we swap this song out. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh. So this is why, like, you know, last, two weeks ago when we're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do Spawn. It's because I was lightly aware of all this. And I think it's a fascinating tale of, like, the comic book did really well. It's for a certain kind of reader because it's dealing with heaven and hell and matters of the soul. So it's dark and gritty. There's child murderers and child rapists and political intrigue. And then you have, like, the detective beeline that's running along through it. Then that morphed into this dark and gritty animation on HBO. And then you get out of nowhere this campy fucking movie accompanied by a slew of video games that are just really bad action games or like really bad shoot-em-ups that don't have any direction. They don't really ever give Spawn the kind of feel or vibe it needs to. And we, we took two weeks to watch the animated series. Um, I, I'm fascinated by this industry of spawn and like we we need the comic books or the animated series on the big screen as a movie mm. you know but th- that bridge is so wide and long it's crazy Bring to it think about like hbo yeah. high-end thing uh a la dune like a six hour long yeah. spawn masterpiece cut it up into two parts like into three parts two hours each you know yeah or um like dune two three hour parts Two, three and a half hour part. So having seen all this, Alex, and knowing all this, what do you think about Spawn? Do you think Spawn has a place in the current movie, superhero movie era, or like horror superhero movie? Because at the end of the day, Spawn is a, he thought he, he's had run-ins with Batman. Like they have multiple crossovers. Spawn is part of the Marvel universe 
from time to time. So he is a superhero. It will be a superhero movie, regardless of like, not on the level of the Avengers, but maybe closer to like a Hancock or that movie um, uh, with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, um, oh God, what well, him and his brother, it was that superhero movie that came out a couple of years ago, or even the ones that M. Night Shyamalan did, like the Unbreakable trilogies and stuff. Uh, does Spawn have a place in that framework? I think you could, well, I don't know. I think you could do a rated, there's not a lot of rated R superhero stuff out there. There's like the boys, there was Logan. I think something like that could be really cool, especially with this guy. Blade. And like, or what? Blade? Yeah, and Blade too. Um, I I think so. And I think now you could really, digital effects are uh, much more, well, they're a lot better, and I think they're like more approachable. You probably wouldn't have to pay another. Well, I don't know about how inflation would work. You wouldn't have to double your movie, but your production budget to do it. I don't think. Um, or maybe do more animated stuff. I don't know. I would like to see more of it just done well because this campy movie is not. It's very silly and kind of a fun, like so bad it's good watch, but it's not like good spawn times. No, no, not at all. Especially if you've seen the animated series, right? Yeah, and you like know what it could do. <laughs> right. I would like to see more of the hell stuff, though, in some in some way. I don't know. Sure. Like, you can imagine. Uh, and again, like, I saw the Spawn movie, and then I bought the animated series not knowing that it was the animated series. So how totally jarring is that alone, right? Yeah. No, that would be crazy. <laughs> This is from, like, the Oz and Real Sex era of HBO. It was, like, pretty pretty gritty. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we obviously know Spawn is coming out sometime. TBD. Um, but when it comes to Spawn, Alex, uh, are you going to reboot or are you going to deboot? Yeah. Re, uh... I don't know. I want to see more. Let's bring it back from the grave and give him his memories back and let him decide. I don't know. I, I'm see. I'm on the fence on this one because on one hand, I would like to give it a shot. I think like the time is right. We have the graphics to make it look really good. We have the storytelling to make it look really compelling, and we've learned from the like we we have so many years of like the history of superhero, the evolution of superhero movies that spawn could be really cool, really dark, really gritty, very awesome. But I just don't know. Might be too. Spawn is Maybe that's why the movie can't get made. I don't know. Right. <laughs> like it, it might, it might, it, it might have too many moving parts. It might have too many story arcs that are too important and central to the spawn plot that picking any one would be leaving out huge chunks. Like it, it's almost like the Dragon Ball movie. Maybe like you'd have to make it. 10 Dragon Ball movies to have a good dragon. You'd have to do like the Z arc and a Boo arc and all this shit. But even though each of those needs like three or four movies to do it justice, maybe spawn is too much of a juggernaut of the story arcs and of themes to maybe. make a good movie. Maybe there's a spawn like figure working in the shadows of our world, stopping us from being exposed to what could be just a total monstrosity <laughs> of a movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think this is the first 
reboot deboot, Alex, where I am on the fence. And oh, I, I don't like being know. on the fence with this one. I don't know. I don't know. I'm on the fence. So I'm going to have to say, much like Spawn, I am one foot in the grave and one out. Okay. okay. I'm going to straddle the line on this and see how it develops. Great. Um, do you have any... Uh, I, I really don't like leaving it, that though. I'd kinda like a, I kind of like... My, I, I wish I had more of a concise answer to give, but it's very conflated. Damn, it's nuance. Um, so when it comes to Spawn, Alex, do you have any uh, final words for our audio on our ears? Any final thoughts of the day? Anything like that? Damn. I know. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. You should be in school. Well, we better get going. I wonder, will we ever see each other again? Who knows? God willing, we'll all meet again in Spaceballs too to search for more money. <laughs>